All right, hello, what's up? Rich here, bringing you another installment of the Reinforced Running Podcast. This week, we have super special guest named Luke Bosick. Luke is an ultra-endurance athlete, as well as an elite competitor in obstacle course racing. Luke, however, has a pretty unique story as he came into running later in life. Luke actually didn't even start running at all until he was 34 years old, and since then has found a lot of success when it comes to OCR and ultra-endurance, particularly on a trail. But throughout the process, Luke has suffered several injuries. But what's impressed me the most and what I really wanted to talk to him about was how he is able to nail his cross training and his rehab to come out of an injury, sometimes like more fit. So we really dive into specifically what Luke does that gives him this type of competitive edge. Um, Because that is exactly what it is to have the mindset and have the wherewithal to still get better as you can't run is amazing. So um, we dive into those things. So as always, rate and review, uh, subscribe to the podcast right here or wherever you uh, your podcasts are available. And I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. Here's Luke. All right, we are on. Official. It's official. Last time I did um, an intro, like I did this big intro before like all three of us were introduced, and then I re-recorded an intro before it, and I literally said like the first same like three sentences in both intros, so (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to do much less much less formal intro now. But we are here. Uh, John Williams, what's going on, man? What's going on, buddy? Not too much. We have a very special guest today. His name is Luke. Bosick, what's up, man? What's going on? What's going on, Rich? John, thanks for having me on here. 100%, man. This is a, a special edition after hours. Usually we get together in like the afternoon. Yeah, this it. is uh, it's dangerously close to my uh, bourbon hour here. So <laughs> <laughs> You should have made it. You should have made this a happy hour for you. Get you like, nice and loose. <laughs> see what, see where, where you can go on this. Um, I'm coming off my nine-mile bloodbath sweat run with like a, a glass of wine, which has got me right where I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's like such a wait all day for it. Yeah, uh, you, like that. Well, you're on the East Coast. You know this heat and humidity we got, man. It's brutal. I think the DMV area um, is probably the worst in the summertime, like of all areas. I think the, the Can't, uh, DMV area is just brutal not going to disagree with you it you just feel humbled every time you go on a run you're like man i'm feeling good let's do this let's crush this run like three quarters of a mile into it you're like heart rates through the roof you're looking at your pace and you're just like yeah it's not gonna happen today buddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right that's right. I mean, I could imagine like like places like Charlotte or South Carolina is like I'm sure Atlanta is miserable. Have you guys ever run in that yeah. type of weather like in the summer? Hello. It's have you been to South Florida? Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> We're talking to John here. Uh, <laughs> where in South Florida it's, are you, John? Well, we we live in West Palm Beach. Oh my god, my mother-in-law is in West Palm and then my mom has a place in uh Huntington Beach, I think is the is where is that, that is. California? Oh no, uh Highland Beach, excuse me. Uh okay, Highland yeah, Beach, yeah, like yeah. Delray area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like obviously I'm in West Palm and then Delray is obviously not too far for me, but it's it's been um humbling is is definitely. I mean, the crazy thing was is I was sitting down here 
you know, summer hit pretty early down here, and then and then you guys got slammed um, up in the northeast over the last couple of weeks. You know, it's oh it's, yeah, it sets. It's funny, like when the weather, the weather really sets up like the season. You know, sometimes like I remember back in college, like if it, we had a really mild winter, like everyone would run fast, and if it was a really bad winter, um, times were like a little off. You know, huh. just because it's like. <laughs> Like, you just, it is what it is, right? Um, For sure. Like, you have to, I have a separate set of, like, easy run paces. If I'm doing an outside run, like, I have a separate set of paces for summertime versus, like, non-summertime, which (laughs) I just, there's no way you could use your, like, normal pace and then try to, like, do that in the summer. I mean, you'll just, you'll kill yourself. Do you look at heart, do you look at heart rate at all, like, and just try to just, like kind of come back to earth with it and just be like all right look this is how hard i'm working um, based off a of heart rate ever or is it you just kind of like feel it out that's a good question uh i do a lot of heart rate but in the summertime i almost just kind of abandon the heart rate because it's so i mean you'll be going like a 13 minute pace if you go off your heart yeah, rate i feel like you know that's interesting yeah. like i what i really try to do in the summer um is I try to just kind of go off of feel like conversation pace or breathe through the yeah. nose. And like, I try to let just kind of my body guide how I'm feeling. Cause some days if like, if it's shaded or maybe not as humid, you can go, your, your pace will be more normal than if it's just like you're in the middle of the day and it's a thousand percent humidity and the sun's just roasting you, you know, you're probably not going to have a great run regardless. So, uh, I kind of just play it by ear based on all that. I do a lot of gym running too, which is like the bane of my existence. I mean, treadmill, you know. Yeah, treadmill's rough. Um, but sometimes you got to do it, man. You got to do it. Yeah, you <laughs> like got to do it. That yeah, I mean, not go outside. Well, like, but if you've got like a speed run, you know, if you've got like a quality workout that you know you're not going to get outside, I think it's those are the days where it's kind of like you got to suck it up and hit the, hit the treadmill. Yeah, I've had some workouts blown to pieces because of that before, <laughs> and like made sure the next time I had a shot set, the shots of the same workouts, like okay, well let's make sure like we'll get on the treadmill and make sure like you get the right. amount of quality you're hoping for. For sure, for. For it, sure. Will, it will actually just shut you down. Yeah, because there's a, there's a fine line when it comes to training. Like there's how hard, and that's one of the issues I've always had with heart rate training is and is that you know there's how hard your heart is working, but like. You still want your muscles firing, right? Like you For still sure. want them like so there's like this like weird um you know, kind of like where does the the rubber meet the road with that, you know, and and it's it's always because I was saying to Rich, like when I got down here, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna train off a of heart rate. And uh, I just turned off my GPS and just was doing that and I'm like, I wonder how fast I'm actually running. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it back on and I was like and You're just like, What? <laughs> I, 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 I know I'm getting the heart like strength part of this down and maybe some yeah, of the capillary yeah, yeah. kind of stuff going on, but I don't know if I'm really getting for so sure. I, so it, it's for really, sure. it is a really weird, and and it's not even just the weather. It's like, like I'm just saying like with, with heart rate, it's a really fine, really hard to fine tune that. Um, it, for beginners, I, I find it to be really, really good. But for sure. But then you know, like speaking to beginners, and you give them like heart rate training, and then they're like, "Dude, I can't. I'm going so slow, yeah. right?" Mm-hmm. And then that gets into that whole conversation of where a lot of beginners want to just go, 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 and you look at their runs, and like every one of them is just too fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they can't go the right speed. So 
but yeah, it's interesting, man. The heat, I mean, that's just something we have to always overcome. I mean, it's just one of those never ending, you know, challenges that us East coasters, I feel bear, bear that burden. But, uh, you know, you just do what you can. I, I feel like I get in the sauna at least twice a week to try to help acclimate and get myself used to some of the heat. Huh. I don't, that's a good idea. Know, I mean, it, it, I tell myself that it works, but, uh, no, there, there's studies <laughs> that like will, I read a study one time that was, I think after like 10 days of like sauna immersion or whatever you would call it, there was a, re- a reduction in sweat rate. Um, so, I mean, that could help with these runs as far as your hydration really? and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have like, that was something that I was trying to do um, for the first race we had in Jacksonville, cause it was coming off a of winter and this race was in February with the first national series race uh, for Spartan was in Jacksonville. And at the time it was like 80 degrees when we were going down there and up here it was 20, it was February. So like yeah, that was yeah, something yeah. I tried sure. to do. Um, but the, the race actually ended up being fine. So whatever. I think it definitely works. I feel like as the summer goes, just with the sauna and then running in the heat, you definitely, I, at least for me, I feel more acclimated for sure. Yeah. Uh, like you just, my summer when it starts out, like the first run, I always just anticipate add a minute to the whatever my easy summer pace is. I just add a minute to that because yeah. I know that it's it's not going to be great <laughs> for at least a week or two until I can kind of acclimate a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I've even heard some like old school books, like before there was any real. This must have been only the first running books I've ever read. Way old school, and it was like people that if they had a hot race, they would train in the summer with like long sleeves on. Like oh, literally yeah. Just, uh, yeah. to activate that way, and like if you, you boil things down that simple, like it, it that makes sense, right? Like if it's gonna be hot, For sure. train like it, like yeah, it's gonna be you hot. You have to weigh that against like like hanging out with the old the old wrinkly guy in, in the in the, the sweaty room too. Like there, there's that traumatizing part of it. <laughs> like how does yeah. it, how does that affect you? Like you know, for your race, true. Your race day, Luke. Are, Luke, are you that guy? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because, and John, you know, having having kids, you're like constantly multitasking. So for me, one of my sauna sessions is we're members of Lifetime Fitness. So oh. my daughter has swim class. The that's swim, cool. she's in swim class, and then they have an awesome sauna that's right next to the pool. So oh, I'm that fun. I'm that dude in there doing my one legged like mobility. I sneak a dumbbell <laughs> in there. I'm the guy that's like making everybody weirded out. But I get to watch my daughter, and then I get you know a solid 35 minutes in the sauna that. You know, so <laughs> yeah, that, they're definitely guys coming out of the locker room whispering. It's like, yo, that fucking that weird guy, he's back. on it again. Damn you gotta let's, let's, let's not go in there for a minute. Damn that guy! He, he just he dropped he dropped his his gym card right in front of me. <laughs> I got my running shorts on, so there's only minimal exposure with my short running shorts. That's, that place that's is nice, though, else. man. That place is dude. Like, I have to say, like, it's hard to go back. It's it's, it's dangerous once you go there. Like, it's, if you got a kid, great. it's a must. Like, if you the got pool, a kid, it's a must. And it's, it's, yeah, they're serving food at the pool it's a great place <laughs> i mean the daycare their daycare alone is i say worth worth the fees like if you again if you've got a kid and you've got a wife and you're you're trying to do your thing and you're juggling for me like saturdays that's my long run day so i got to disappear into the mountains but before it would be like i got to go to the mountains 
come back, tag in the wife, she goes does her workout, then comes yeah. back, and then it's like two o'clock, you know what I mean? And then we can start our day. Now I just meet her at the pool after my long run and we hang out there, cool off a little bit, and then we, you know, so. Plus they have really good lap swimming, like everything, yeah, and it's just. <laughs> It turning really into a, awesome. a lifetime plug but. yeah no, i mean it, it is but it's also you know like you, you, you gotta but, but there's other gyms that are ten dollars a month you know like where you, well you pay you for sure yeah, right yeah, it's, it's like, not cheap yeah. it's not well, cheap you, you, pay, you get what you pay for um yeah. well cool well uh we're about 10 minutes in so luke <laughs> <laughs> luke Bosick, you are everyone knows you as Luke Skyrunner. Is Sky that fair? Runner. I, I will. I will. You say everyone. I don't know. It's a. It's a. It's a that's that, a stretch. That but the true? people that know me, I go by Luke Skyrunner. Yeah. That's, yeah. Awesome. that's like his his, his Instagram awesome. handle is Luke Skyrunner. I, I love that. that. I, uh, the, I'm pissed. I didn't think of that myself. <laughs> you had a lot. Of that. So, it, like the seriously, the first time we met each other was at a race, and we both were on the podium, and people like knew it was a good race because they reached out because it was like. Oh yeah! Oh, Luke Skyrunner was there. Oh boy. That's what they said. That's I was like, "Yeah, man!" Like, I guess. Um, but so that's also that was it. I was like, "What? Two years ago now? Three years ago?" I think two. I think two. two? Yeah. It was the Virginia when they moved that. That was the first year they did Virginia, <laughs> not at Wintergreen in this like glorious flat meadow, which was like, "Oh man, this is not this is not Wintergreen." <laughs> yeah, it was the first Spartan race I went to that wasn't like on a mountain, and I've just been like waiting for something like that for like the entire time. I was like, "Man, I wish these weren't in, always in the mountain." <laughs> you shut up with the exact opposite idea, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So the the thing that is unique about you, uh, b- b- real quick, you have you done a sky race yet? Because now that now your name. <laughs> It's on a completely different thing. It's not just a Star Wars deal. You could be an actual Skyrunner. People are going to think that. Have you done I, a Skyrunner? I feel like I got like lawsuits coming my way, man. Because uh, the answer really is no. I mean, I've done I've done like races in the mountains, but none that are like officially Sky Race, which is like they've got to have certain designations to be officially a Sky Race. So. There's definitely some dude who's smashing this wicket named Luke who tra- who looked up the handle and is like so pissed. Damn, so like, this is this is not going to add val- validity to our to our podcast here, but I'm going to go out on the limb and just say I have no idea what the hell Sky Race is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Luke, I, I, I'm like halfway there. Luke, could you do you know what the it's, it's basically? Is? Well, there's a couple different like so you've got like the vertical K, which is in that world. So I've done close to vertical K races. So vertical K has to be you have to gain like a vertical kilometer in less than a 5k that's that's the rule so it's basically straight up uh sky races are they have to be run over a certain elevation is what designates it it's like is it six thousand six thousand i think i think you can't go below that at any point so east coast i think only in new york is there one is there one sky race that we have in in the states and it's in new york um, all the other ones obviously are out west. I think the grade there has to be like the grade of the mountain also has to be like thirty plus. Yeah, I don't know if there's like certain elevation. Requ- I'm sure there's elevation requirements because if you look at those, all those races are like a 26k with like some insane amount of elevation. Yeah, um, I mean wow. like the actual grade, like thirty percent, like oh like, on the grade on the grade. I think yeah, the grade yeah. has to be. I can't just be at like a gradual. I think it is just like. It's a lot of scrambling. It's like almost like rock climbing with running, and like you run on like ridge lines of these mountains, 
the videos sure. that I that I watch, it, they're amazing. Like, See, like I, I'm like want to do it so bad, but I'm also really scared. Well, you got to come out my way. I don't have any like sky running ridges, but we've got plenty of like I got the Appalachian Trail as my backyard, so uh, we do plenty of pretty technical intense ridge running. If you come down and, and get on the AT with me. Yeah. So, well, you need to do a sky race. So I, I got to make it official, I guess. Right. Cause I keep saying, I just defer it as like, it's Luke Skywalker, but then it's, I'm not a walker. I'm a runner. And like all these like, <laughs> younger kids, they might not even get it. Man. They, they don't, might, it's, like, I'm yeah. hanging in there. I'm, I get it. But, but then like, I get like the disgruntled, like the, the people that do the sky races. Well, if you haven't even done a sky race, I'm like, well, calm down, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously, I, I wouldn't even have. Uh, I thought it was a cool name until I I found out you didn't do a sky run. So now, yeah, now it's just funny. <laughs> um, well, that that is one thing that I I really um, do admire about you, Luke, is that like you don't necessarily fit into um, the OCR box. Like last episode, we had our buddy Kirk on, and, and Kirk yeah. and I have a really similar background where we were like kind of runners and like kind of gym rats, and then now we like just do OCR. Right. But um, in your case, like you don't you, you you do it, but like you also have a bunch of other endeavors. So like, how what would you consider yourself like as an athlete? <laughs> I just uh, I don't you know it's a it's a great question. I don't I don't know. I just I I just fucking love to get out there and like challenge myself. At the end of the day, like I recently two two or three weeks ago just did my first duathlon. Like was just I want to go do a duathlon. I've never done it. Um, I've been biking it, a lot. That's run, that's run, bike, run. It was a. It was like a. I guess that would be they a call it. A, it would, oh, no. no, no, that's right. It was a. It, it was, was a swim, two, I believe. It was a right. two mile run, twenty six mile bike ride, and then a four mile run. So, um, yeah, I just I don't know, man. I like I like all different types of challenges. I mean, I don't. I would. I think this year my focus was more on OCR than it ever has been. I was hoping to do actually a little bit more, um, but uh, I just can't give up the, the just the trail and ultra running, man. I love it. Like if I if I could and my body would let me, I would literally just do nothing but run. <laughs> like, um, but with the injuries I've had, it's that's just not an option. So I I've kind of been forced to embrace the shorter races. Um, which has kind of led me more into Spartan because they they tend to be shorter. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit a little bit about that. Maybe tell us a little bit about like how some of your struggles with uh not that we want to like, but I think that the listeners will get a lot out of that and like some of the things you struggle with with injuries and how you, how you've overcome some of that stuff. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think the the biggest thing is I don't have like necessarily that running core running background, which I think a lot of the guys that maybe have the background and just have that kind of muscle memory from growing up and doing it, um, seem to get injured a lot less. Like I was a climber, mountain biker and soccer player in in high school. And I mean, I ran cross country two years, mainly just because the hottest chicks in the school ran cross country. So, (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, it was just kind of one of those things I did to do it. It was the off season. So I did it for, for soccer, even though I was a goalie. Um, and then, you know, went through life, was in the military, played soccer in the military in college. And then kind of just one day, this would have been 2014. So I would have been 34 ish. 
one day I just went to plug my computer under my desk and was like, I couldn't do it. I was like, holy crap, what just happened? Went and weighed myself. And I'll never forget it, it was 190. <laughs> and I don't ever remember even being like 170 or 180. And that was kind of my like, holy shit moment. And uh, so I went for a mountain bike ride, literally was home from work, went and grabbed my mountain bike and went for a ride. And then that was it. And then the next day I went for a trail run and then kind of just repeated that and then entered a trail race like a few months later and ended up, I think like third or fourth and was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> so, um, I think that's kind of why I don't know. I mean, I know I've got a lot of imbalances and I think that leads to, you know, to my, some of the injuries I've had, I think, uh, luck sometimes has a lot to do with it when you blow out an ankle on a road run because you hit a random rogue piece of like road debris uh i've had i've had the craziest injuries so i think being patient um and then constantly trying to find the balance of what my body will allow me to do versus what i want to do um that's really been where i've been at the past really three years, uh, because I pretty much missed all of 20 and I feel like it was a lost year. So I always forget, I think I missed all of 2018 last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, due to injury. So it's just been a constant learning. It's just been constantly trying to find how many miles a week can I run? What's the balance between quality runs, long runs, and then relearning to kind of cross train and I've never been a big weight guy. So for me, that's been the biggest thing is learning to kind of embrace the gym and, and doing different kind of mobility and strength things in the gym to try to, you know, balance everything out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, you, there's probably a lot of people who <laughs> seem to cycle through injuries. And I, I think the biggest thing is just to, it's a constant learning thing. I mean, it sucks. There's no other way around it. Like, but you just can't, you know, you can't just throw in the towel. You got to try to find something that you can do, whether it's swimming, whether it's biking, hiking, you know, rock climbing, whatever you can do just to kind of continue, you know, along the fitness path. Um, I mean, really that's pretty much what got me through like my injuries is I just, okay, I can't run. I'm going to bike. I'm, okay. This is pretty cool. I'm going to road bike. And then just trying to try to just <laughs> keep plugging away. It's amazing though, how much like your body remembers though. Like, you know, you feel like, okay, I've missed two months. I'm going to start over. And that first week kind of sucks, but it's amazing how quickly your body will kind of just ramp back up. You know, I think for me at least it's been nice that I can miss time and then just, you know, within a couple of weeks, I feel like I can kind of get right back and, and not be too far off where my paces were. Yeah. yeah, that's that's something that I've been uh, kind of impressed with you uh, by is like how you are able to bounce back. Even just this year, like you had this moment where you're like, my foot is, is fucked up. Like, I don't know if I'm going to do the rest of the season. And I was like, man, that's going to be rough. And then you came out and you kept going. You had like a good race up until you like Luke sprained his ankle in the middle of our last race. It was like having a good race, and then the, the how I thought your training was going based on how you were feeling, I just wouldn't assume you, you're fit. So, like, how did you like training yourself and being able to train yourself hard in a cross training domain? Like, how do you go about doing that? Is it do you just kind of put your, the pedal to the metal if you're on a bike, if you're on the elliptical, if you're in a pool, 
or do you kind of structure the training for your cross training the way you would for your regular training or have you like really kind of put anything in place for that yeah it's a it's a great question i really that's kind of what it is i would treat my bike days and i would probably you know bike between two to four days a week um i would treat some of the bike days just like hard interval days i mean i would go out there and there's a loop that i can do from my house kind of around one of the towns and back and it's 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 right at an hour so i would that would be like my good just get out there get on the bike get on the tri bike get in the tuck and just like black out <laughs> like just pedal to the metal and try to do this loop as quickly as, as physically possible um but then of course you know and then, then i would do hill days on the bike i would do just you know putts around town easy rides i would treat it just like running only with biking um and then in the gym kind of the same thing i don't uh I, I find I'm not like a lot of the lifters in the gym where they'll do a set, disappear for like, you know, a while, come back. If I do something, if like I'm doing deadlifts or if I'm doing something else, I feel like I got to keep that heart rate going. So I'll jump on the monkey bar. I'll do monkey bars. I'll do like farmer's carry with the kettlebells. Then I'll go do like the rope. You know, they got the rope pull down thing. I'll do that. And then I'll go do another set of like deadlifts. Uh, so you're able to, so you're almost probably getting, it's like an aerobic zone almost even. Like you would yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's probably not like helping me like get max and I never try to lift like overly heavy. So, uh, that's never, right. never my goal really. I like to just, you know, lift heavy ish. <laughs> that's what the gym uh, are doing. The guys who rest for two minutes in between, they're trying to lift as much weight as they can every single time. For sure. For sure. So I think, I think, and that's kind of what I've embraced. I've embraced a lot of mob- Like, I feel like I live on the BOSU ball. Like I do a so much like ankle mobility strength. It, that's like one legged stuff. That's on the BOSU ball. Um, and that seems to really have helped with, like the IT band syndrome and a lot of the foot and ankle stuff that I've had in the past. I know for a fact that my feet and ankles are like a thousand times stronger than they've ever been, but it's taken a year and a half of just doing that stuff to get here. Uh, and that's yeah. stuff's not fun. That shit is just not fun. It's not fun. I mean, it's no. like I'm in front of the TV. I'm in front of the TV. Like my wife's just trying to relax, and I'm like on the Bosu ball doing. Where does don't fall over? Where does the medic? So like, where does the medical professional world fit into this? Because as I'm, you know, it's funny. Like when you're injured, you, you tell someone, "Oh, I have plantar fasciitis," and like you're gonna get like, if you're in the world, if you're in the world, like, oh, did you try the the Strasbourg sock or did yeah, you yeah, yeah. use the boot yeah, or did you, yeah. did you roll it with this or did you try this? And then there's all these, but there's also, um, you know, the, the medical world likes to think. So when, when you first got injured, did you sit down with a physical therapist or, or, sure. or a, yeah. and like, how did that, like, was there any like interaction there and you're just, and you just give up and just kind of like start to do it on your own? No, that's been, I would say the number one thing I would tell people to do is you gotta, you gotta develop a plan. So everything that I do has been part of a plan based on who's now like one of my really good friends uh, about a year and a change ago, I, I met uh, my current PT, and he's a PT chiropractor. And we've just been working through, you know, he's like, well, this is, you're put together a little weird. We got to do this. We got to fix that. We got to strengthen this. 
you definitely got to strengthen these. You got to strengthen your feet, your calves, yada, yada, yada. And it's just been a whole, you know, slew of exercises that it gives me. Uh, and that's really what I've been doing. So yeah. it's definitely been to a specific plan. Um, you know, it's been a lot of that. I mean, it's been a lot, seeing a lot of doctors, you know, when I hurt my knee at toughest world's toughest mutter two years ago now, you know, who was trying to figure out what the hell happened to my knee. And then it was like, well, this is probably stemming from all this other foot and ankle issues that yeah. I've had. So I think finding the root cause is the, the most important thing. Yeah. But it's like you could go to the doctor and they're like, oh, you've got PF, you know, try these stretches and do these little things and take six never, weeks off. Yeah, right. Which okay. I've done. And none of yeah, that yeah. seems none of that seems yeah. to work. Like it's one of those just maddening things that you have to almost like strengthen and stretch to kind of work through versus just flat out resting. So at least yeah. in my experience. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And that's something that you know, we get asked a lot is when, how to get through these injuries and, and really what type of therapies or what kind of recommendations we do have for these people. Um, so, and like sometimes people go to PT or they'll try, go to a sports masseuse and it won't necessarily work right away. And they're just like, I don't know. And then that same kind of thing. So we're, we're also just trying to, what might work for you might not work for somebody else. So like, how do you keep your, like mindset in the right spot when this stuff just isn't working and how do you like keep pushing through because like i know the first therapy you've tried it didn't work and it probably won't work for anybody listening who's hurt right now but like it's just this evolution of like figuring out what's going to happen like how do you keep your mind on it's it's really hard but i'll tell you that the my it was either my pt or my doctor gave me like the best thing he's like you know what cures PF or plug in your injury, right? IT band syndrome, Achilles tendonitis. He's like, you know what cures PF is whatever the last person did that worked for them. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. if yeah, like yeah. somebody like I'm, smeared I'm, oatmeal on their ankle and was like, yeah. holy shit, this oatmeal cured. You got to smear oatmeal on your ankle, bro. What like, flavor that's was the oatmeal? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, but in all seriousness, it's, there is no one, like single match. It is frustrating as all hell. You and Kirk know, cause I feel like you guys are my vent network whenever things are going poorly for me. And, it's frustrating. I think the biggest thing is is having someone or multiple people, whether it's a PT, whether it's you know friends, family, someone that you can really kind of turn to. This it's going to be hard, man. I mean, I've lived it probably more so than most people, man. I've had just a slew of just insane injuries that have been so maddening that it you got to have a, a network of people is the only thing I could say on it, it, to that. And, and there is no, unfortunately there's no magic fix. Like if you've got an overuse, some sort of, you know, imbalance injury that hasn't happened overnight. And those things, if they didn't happen overnight while, you know, to get hurt, they're certainly not going to be fixed overnight. So you got to kind of understand that you got to kind of just, you know, I mean, I'm fortunate enough where I've got a great family. I got a, an awesome five-year-old. I had plenty of things to kind of distract me in those times. Um, but you just got to find, you know, find something else. I mean, you got to find something else that you, you know, you like, and hopefully that's something that'll also, you know, build some fitness and, and not completely take you out of the game. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I, you just hit on the point of like, so there's the other part of it is like, what can you do to rehab? And there's like 
then you start to question whether you're doing the right things in your training, right? So like you're like, all right, am I doing too much volume? Am I oh, doing, yeah. am I doing too much quality? Am I doing not enough quality and too much like? So um, is there anything that you looked at there, or are you working with a coach, or like how how did that all kind of play out? Uh, de- it's definitely you know I think we that's I mean that's really it, man. I. You know, the better you tend to do, the more you tend to kind of look outside of your own world and kind of look around and be like, oh, man, these guys are really doing this much volume. They're doing this much mileage. I'm cl- I'm getting to that level. I got to do that much volume in mileage. And that's, that's the slippery slope where 2017 – that's the slippery slope I really did find myself. And I, since then, for better or for worse, like I'm not, I mean, I'm on Strava, all my stuff beams into Strava. I virtually never check Strava. Um, I just, I really got sucked in. I was a part of all these groups and clubs and I was like, man, I gotta be the guy, I gotta be the guy that's top elevation or mileage or whatever the case is. Um, and it, you gotta just, do what works for you. And unfortunately I found out the hard way that my body just can't sustain 120 miles. My body can't sustain, I don't think 80 miles a week. So it's been one of those things where I, I think I found a sweet spot. I found that, you know, for me running three to five days a week, uh, long run, a quality run, an easy run, at least if it's a three run day a week, that seems to work for me. Um, I build and then I purposefully will just like, you know, cut it. I'll build up some mileage and then I'll just like slash the training in half and focus more on cross training. Uh, and for the most part, I mean, I've had some definitely not overuse injuries. I tweaked my hammy before big bear, which was, that was just, you know, me doing something stupid in the gym and then busted up my ankle. I did have my a PF, my plantar fascia flare up kind of like mid-beginning of April. But other than that, I feel like I've had a really good run since about October. Like last October when I finally got healthy and I started training. It's been from October till now where I can honestly say I feel pretty good. And I'm, I'd like to think I found a good sweet spot with mixing in cross training and then like where I want to be mileage wise. Um, and you know, I was, I went in just to kind of like, I did this 50 K it was on my calendar. It was not long after I tweaked my hammy and big bear. And I mean, I was coming into that 50 K probably on like 20 miles a week for the past, like, I don't know, like three, four weeks and ended up feeling fantastic and winning the 50k so that was like the ultimate confidence boost for me to be like okay i do not need to be hammering out mileage whatever i'm doing is clearly working uh and that's how i'm gonna just continue like i don't i don't ever see myself really getting anything above probably 60 i think 50 60 miles is gonna be where i would max out i think that's taking a long time. That's taking probably probably two years to get to this point to kind of figure out what's my sweet spot, you know, after you know, overdoing connect, it. Connectivity so. is like our, our is, is a blessing and a, and a curse, you know? So when you see everybody, everybody when you see yeah. these, these, these marathoners doing 100, 125 miles a week and you're like, well, if I'm going to run 210, I have to do that. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, 
Yeah, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. You got to hammer that point home is that like the, the context behind everyone's training is so different. Like you so don't know different. what it is. You don't know what their pace was about. You don't know what, what it what it means. So like you take look at a guy like Meb, I think he, he didn't do much. I mean, he like he, maybe. He does look he looked ago. He like tra- he trained yeah, on like, he's like 90 miles. I mean, I mean, still a lot, but you know what I mean? Like it's not. Right, but you, you, like you that said, you don't know the context of his pace. You look at his pace and his runs are like in the fives. You're like, holy crap. But that's like probably an easy run for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah, people see those paces and they're like, well, man, I got to go out there and hammer. But he's not hammering at like a five, six minute pace. That's like a chill zone for those guys, you know? Yeah. So it's got to be, in, like you said, it's got to be all in context to, you know, to just to your plan, not like XYZ person's plan. But I think that's where I think that's where regardless of your level, like if you're an age grouper and you're outside the podium and you're trying to creep into the podium and you see the podium guys doing certain amount of mileage, certain amount of workouts, I think anyone can fall into that danger zone where you're like, holy shit, man, I want to be on that podium. I need to be doing this. And then yeah, you man. could have the same consequences. Like it, it's just got to make sense in your body. It's got to be sustainable. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I'm. I'm 40, so I don't want to live through another year like I had last year ever again. So for me, I mean, like sustainability is my number one focus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what's unfortunate when people are making this great progress and they're making small incremental improvements. And then all of a sudden they're, they get, they're getting close. They want to make this huge jump. And it's like, listen, like that's not how it's made. And everybody hopes that they do have like this breakthrough. Yeah. But really it's made just like little bits and pieces at a time. Well, or if you do have that big jump, it most likely isn't going to be sustainable and things are going to start to probably fall apart, you know? Yeah. Um, I kind of want to double back real quick about some of the way that you do hand, handle and structure your personal training. Um, so you mentioned you hit the bike hard or you hit like the pool hard or whatever. Um, so is the majority of your quality work then on in cross training and do you spend most of the other time doing like volume miles on your feet or are you also are you doing intervals on the bike and intervals on your feet or like is there a plan for or you just kind of go how you feel and and does that i don't, I don't know much about like the biking world and i could imagine like i know you're spending a lot of energy but it's not that pounding on your body so can you kind of go back to back days and do intervals on both and feel fine I still don't do, I definitely do both. Uh, I did have when I was dabbling in or thought I was going to do a triathlon last year, which I ended up having to, to back out of because my injury ended up taking the whole year. But I did hire a triathlon coach. And just because I like, I knew nothing about biking. I hadn't mountain biked since really high school. So I didn't know anything about biking. I sure as hell didn't know anything about swimming. So I wanted to kind of learn that. And that was very helpful to kind of help understand what you can and can't do. Um, And in that, that's where I've kind of like incorporated what I was doing with the coach into this training. So we would certainly do intervals on the bike and on the run in in one given week. I find for me, I still need to space that out. So I can't do an interval on the run and then do one on the bike or vice versa and feel great. So I always will either do like a strength day in between and then like an easy run or easy ride or even an easy run and ride. I'll do like a two a day and then follow that up with like another interval, whether it's the bike or the run. Um, My long runs, I've been kind of doing 
especially as I've been working through the hammy and my uh, ankle that I jacked up in, in Utah, uh, I've really been liking a combination of a long ride slash run. So for example, last weekend I did a, I biked from my house to the mountain that I like to run. Uh, there's a awesome fire road that just goes from the road up to the Appalachian Trail. It's two miles. It's got like 780 feet of elevation gain. And most of that is in the last mile. It's kind of got a gradual buildup and then you just go. Pfft. So I biked out there, ran repeats up and down that road uh, and then biked home. So I had 80 miles on the run on the ride and then eight miles or about an hour on the feet, just doing basically running up and then running down intervals. So pretty, pretty toasted by the end of that, but felt like you know, within a few hours was ready to go because it was so low impact. I mean, my legs were sore and tired, but it was only the impact really from the, you know, the, the four yeah, miles of downhill. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, cool. John, have you found that same way? I mean, um, John's also done some, some try stuff um, with the traditional running background. Like how, how have you felt like say someone is a runner uh, like exclusively and is battling injury and they want to test out the bike. Have you found that they're able to be adaptable in both those well, ways? No, so I guess it goes kind of back to what we were saying before is I felt like actually I was able, able to get into better overall shape when I was training triathlon than I ever was when I was a runner because I think you're able to kind of push the limits with your, your effort um, from the, like just to the basics as far as heart rate and that level on a daily basis so like i think you can you can push the threshold level a little bit more every day if you're not using the same muscle groups so like and the thing is is like you know so if i'm using so if i do a threshold run and i'm burning um and i and i'm obviously if i do it if i'm doing the run i'm using most of the, most of my muscles to generate that kind of like energy right so it's coming all from my legs and if i do that on every day those muscles are going to be compromised, right? So you can structure, bones, right. you can bone structure yeah. like the swim and the bike and the run because even the bike is different from the from from the run, right? So like you're going to be using more of your um, more of your quads, you know, on the bike than maybe you are if you're running, and then you're obviously using more of your arms. So like my coach would maybe structure some of the the days with like. I would have the buoy between my legs and just use my arms. But if I get my heart rate up in that day, I can build endurance and strength without compromising those muscles. Cause th there's lactic acid and like, you know, all these things, these residuals that are coming from that. So I, I think that that's what some people don't realize is like, it's not just like the workload, but they're, you're looking at the muscles you're using to generate that energy at the same time too, and coupling it with how hard you were working. And I actually felt like I actually was in the best shape of my life ever when I was triathlon training because I had a really, I felt like I had a really good coach and he, we were able to structure our workouts in that way where I'm like, you know, I could recover from a run and do a hard <laughs> swim the uh, next sure. day. Yeah. You know, and that's where like, it, I was never able to wrap my head around that because I'm like, wait, I have to swim hard. I just ran hard. But like I didn't know, understand that what the body was capable of until I was. He's like, trust me, just do it. And then I was like, wow, <laughs> like this is great. And then I would run two or three days later and feel recovered. Um, so I guess you know it sounds like as I'm talking to you guys and, and when I'm learning as I'm learning more about OCR, it's the same way. You know, you, if you're training correctly and like kind of like getting the heart rate up 
to a certain degree, and you're building fitness, but you're also building these muscles. Ideally, look, look, you know, somebody who's taking drugs, they, if they can recover in 24 hours and go hard every day, keep boom, running, boom, boom, get yeah. the heart rate yeah. up, build those muscles, boom, like that, we're there. But that's just not, it's not reality unless you're taking drugs. Yeah. Um, so that's really what, what, where it kind of like comes back for me and, and hearing you guys talk about it. Does that make sense? Like, like in a run, it's like you run hard, easy day, easy day, hard day, easy day, easy day, long day, whatever. Yeah. Um, but also the same thing, maybe you guys can speak to this, like this might be self-serving for me, but like when I get on a bike, my heart rate literally and literally goes nowhere. Like if I get into the hundreds, um, like I'm cranking and usually my legs will fill up and burn out before I can get my heart rate even close. Um, and this is just, I'm, I, I'm not experienced on a bike and my my skill level is really low, um, but it also just feels like, well, what am I doing on here then? Yeah, like, I think there are different, I don't necessarily say there's different heart rate zones on the bike, because I think the zones are all the, the same, but I think you've got a different heart rate on the bike for that specific zone. Absolutely. Like, so your, your heart rate's never gonna be as high on the bike as it will be on the run, I think. Like, that's that seems to yeah. be like, I would like I had, I had different heart rates that I was hitting when I was riding specifically versus the run. I had like two kind of different heart rates for the same for the same zone. And it always seemed to be like 10 to 15 beats per minute less on the bike. Um, what, and one of the reasons why you, you, most people will train, would, most professionals are never going to look at their heart rate on the bike. Um, they're going to look at their power. The power, so, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. And, and that's really why... So I, I don't know if they translate as much. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't look at it, but, um, and it's pretty common, Rich. Some people can get their heart rate up a little bit higher, but yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. It um, doesn't mean yeah, you're not getting any work out of it. For sure. And I guess the power thing, it makes sense like a trump card when it comes to like tries and biking because like it's a, that's how you judge your performance where I'm out there like trying to get a workout in and I'm like, this isn't working. Yeah, but like you said, you said your quads are getting fried. So if your legs, if your legs are getting fried, you're getting a workout. Like I think, uh, I like biking. And the only reason I had any marginal success in cross country when I was young is because I was a, I was big into mountain bike racing in high school. And the only time, like I was the fifth ranked runner on our high school team. Varsity. But varsity. Yeah. But I would like the only time I would compete for like the top spots was on if it was like a super mountainous course. And that's only because I had that just mountain bike, like I could just churn, I could just churn up the mountain, which is I think why I I do okay in these like mountain races because I have that background to, you know, that I kind of built off of over the years. So it definitely works. And I, I think that's what's kind of like gotten me back to just appreciating even the road bike um, as monotonous as it can be, I mean, you can really get out there and hammer. I mean, and when I, if I'm doing like a hard road bike day, I mean, I come home and I mean, I'm like on the driveway, like just dead. Like I can't move my legs. <laughs> so I don't, would you recommend like, again, uh, uh, is it like a cadence that you go off or would you recommend people crank up the, like the, the gear or how would, or just kind of how would you know what to do out there? Yeah, so I don't go. I don't have a. I don't have a power meter. I would say a power meter is the the best way to go. I know they can be expensive. Um, for better or for worse, 
I've done the same loops a million times. So I, I use miles per hour as my like average miles per hour as my gauge. And you, I you just know your body, you just know what you're, and I just know, okay, if I'm doing this loop at around 18 miles an hour, that's a relatively chill pace. I'm not exerting myself. Maybe there's a couple climbs where I kind of get after the climb a little bit, but for the most part, I'm just kind of like breathing through my nose. I'm just kind of in chill mode. And then I know, okay, same loop. If I'm doing 21 plus miles an hour, that is just an absolute war zone pace. So yeah, and that's why like veterans, you know, perceived effort is like sometimes the best. Yeah. Age, you know, cause you're like, you're saying your heart rate, like great. Like it's a great, you know, and, and then power, but like sometimes you just, if you've been doing it long enough and you're working with someone and you can just say, Hey, look, you know, what is, is this comfortably hard? Just using that as like a threshold kind of a, of a, of a term. Um, you know, sometimes that is the best way to kind of say, Hey, look, you know, how did you feel out there? Was it easy? Was it comfortably hard? Was it where you're hammering? And, and I think that really does at the end of the day, come back to those perceived efforts. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That makes sense. If it's hard, if it feels hard, it's hard. <laughs> That's right. But, and again, if you're working with an, a beginner, like they, 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 they might, not i mean it, that's really it all depends on who the athlete is and and that's where the i think that that's where the like the nuance is that you can track you know and i sometimes i i want to see like if i'm like coming up to an a race i'll i'll really get back there and dig into it and be like okay today was this you know my my i'll call it the rest and loop which is the town next door but here was my rest and loop i've been doing this every week let me go back and look at the weeks that I did it just to make sure that, you know, hopefully I'm getting a faster or, okay, it was extra hot this day. It wasn't as great. Or, um, I tend to try to make notes and just try to see, okay, what was going on that day? Why was it off? Why, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's just a constant and never, it's like a set and really, especially the triathlon thing. I always feel like it's, it's like another job. I mean, <laughs> it really is like another do you, job. Do you take notes on that? <laughs> do, you, do you keep a log, like a physical log or do you just kind of just go back? I, and, do, I do. I keep, yeah. um, I mean, I, I, I have like my training plan. It's all like printed out and then I just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll write into Were you just whatever. sifting through it there? Was that like all like like it, it is loose, loose leaf it, paper like all uh, shuffled across no no, no this is my uh my a race my squamish 50k training plan <laughs> nice so this is about 10 10 weeks worth of of my notes so nice um, <laughs> i miss that i miss those logs like there's like just dotting it down i might get back into that i just yeah i find like again going in and trying to like record it all on strava it's like it's more tedious yeah. than you know time for me is it's such a premium like i come in i plug my watch in to charge it i i got my training log right here i make the note felt like ass whatever great run yada 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 and then i go on and go to work or take care of the kid or you know, whatever, a million other responsibilities that I seem to have. So I just do it more out of like convenience than trying to like log on and, and deal with all that. Sure, so, yeah. um, nice man. Yeah. So, uh, one other thing I really do want to dig in because you do also coach runners, you coach, um, some OCR specific people with goals, but also some people who have like ultra endurance, uh, goals, right? Like people who want to do their first ultra. So like, um, and one thing that, that, that I've seemed to, you know, really kind of have questions on is kind of how to build volume for someone who wants to put in their first ultra, because 
the sport's growing so much that now the people who start running in a year, they're like, oh, cool. Let me do a 50K. (laughs) And it's like, they're just like skipping. They're just going right to it. And like, I'm all for that big goals and like going after these things and I don't find there's any problem with it. But like, letting building volume for these things and for the runners like how have you kind of gone about doing that and 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 do you have anything specific that um you found helpful or how do you you just speak on that a little bit sure yeah i think the biggest thing is uh it's it's a hundred percent up like a per runner basis right so you could have someone who's super fit but has only been focusing on like you know the six to ten mile race distance their plan is going to look a lot different than someone who's new, like you said, coming into the sport. Maybe they've been running, but they're still not like overly fast, doing a tremendous amount of volume. And now all of a sudden they come to you and they're like, hey, man, uh, I want to do a 50 mile next year. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest thing is finding the again, it's finding their fine line. Like what can they sustain so you're not like overtraining them? Um, and that, that's, oh man, I tell you what, there's no, there's no magic sauce to that either. You just try to, you try to see where they are. I'm really big into like, you know, trying to track heart rate and things like that for them. We would do, we would do, or at least I would try to do monthly heart rate checks and say, Hey, check your resting heart rate, check your resting heart rate, because we want to see, hopefully that continue to go down. Yeah. You know you're really in danger of overtraining if all of a sudden you know somebody's got a 45 resting heart rate, 45 resting heart rate, and then you're all of a sudden in the 60s, and then you do it again the next day to make sure there wasn't anything wrong, and it's in the 60s. You know you most likely have a have a problem. So, um, yeah, I think it's again it, it, there's no magic bullet for that. It's a per runner thing. The way I would always build it is I would just kind of treat it like myself. So I would against the wishes of some of the athletes I coached, I would go in pretty conservative, man. Like I was just, but I would be upfront about it. I'd be like, look, man, I could probably get you like super fast, super quick, but that's probably not the best thing for you. I'm going to be super conservative with your plan. And sometimes it's still, even if you think you're being conservative, you got to adjust because they're going to be like, oh man, my IT or my foot or, you know, something's going to come up. Um, but it would, that's how I would treat it. I would just, I would slowly build volume. And then as I do with myself, I would, I would have one, two weeks after like a two, three, maybe four week block where we would just like cut the volume into like thirds almost. And then focus on like recovery rides, cross training, still maybe keep like one quality run in there, but dial it way back. Like if they were doing intervals and they were doing, you know, say we were up to like 10 to 12 by 400s, I would cut those down to like four to six by 400s, you know, for those recovery weeks. Um, and just really try to incorporate a lot of, a lot of cross training, stair climber, just a lot of low impact stuff. So, I mean, that's just, you know, again, for me and my history that, I just try to do what worked or has been working for me. That's what I would try to imply with, with the folks I was coaching, especially the ones that um, wanted to do ultras. Now the guys that want to compete and do well, it's a, you know, it's one of those things where you, you do need to really increase the volume at some point. So like, that's where you, you kind of see what they can handle. Um, 
But again, it's a fine line. You know, you can't just all of a sudden throw them into like 120 mile week just because that's what everybody's doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got to find that sweet spot for them. And then also knowing that it's, you know, they have kids and jobs and careers and things like that. So you have to kind of take all that into account and, and they don't ever want to hear it too. Like I'll get a text and say, Hey man, I'm, I had a long shitty day at work. You know, I, you know, it's eight o'clock at night. I'm supposed to do intervals. I'll be like, no, (laughs) don't go do intervals because all that stuff, the just life stresses, work stresses, you know, being out all day at work. And then now all of a sudden you come home, the last thing you want to go do, but then you're going to try to go do it. Uh, I, for me, I would say, no, if you want to go run, go do an easy run. And then maybe tomorrow we, you know, we alter some things and then you do the intervals the next day. So I think just ultras are, ultras are tough, man, just because you do need to run a lot. (laughs) Like I think you, you just, you got to ramp up the volume, but I think you got to try to be smart about it. And, and hopefully, you know, the only thing I will say is your athletes are giving you enough time. I mean, if they come to you and like, Hey man, I got this 50 K I want to do in three weeks yeah. <laughs> and they're running 15 miles a week. It's, it's probably not the greatest idea unless they plan to like go walk it or jog it. Like if they want to just go do it for fun as like a fun run, I think that's also a different story. Cause, cause that's sometimes the thing, like these people who like a lot of times the ultra folks who come into it, they don't ha- necessarily have time goals. So like they are like, sure. it's like they can really slow it down to the point where it's like how much, how high of miles do they need to get this thing done? Like, do you have like a, a like say someone wants to do a 50K, like will you be it's like, okay, well then you need to do a 25 miler or? No, what I'll do, I'll do it all time based on that. If they don't have like time goals, like if the goal is just to finish, uh, I got no problems incorporating, like I would give, I would give people uh, like a three hour hike one hour long run and then like a bike ride after that. And that will be like their long day because you're still going to be out there exerting yourself. You're still going to need to be on game on and you're practicing your nutrition at that point, right? You've got a four or five hour workout. You may not be getting all the pounding, but you're still out there hiking. You still got to eat. You still got to, you know, practice the nutrition, which, you know, the, the, the going joke with ultra running is it's just a big eating contest, but that, yeah. that's kind of true, right? Yeah. Like, you, yeah. like if, I mean, anything over two hours, you're probably going to need to fuel and eat. So if you're out there in a 50 K and you're walking most of it, I mean, you're going to be out there like nine hours. That's a long time. So that's where like nutrition is probably the biggest thing and, and practicing that on long hikes and, and, and runs or like multi, you know, sport, things like that. Um, I find helpful because, you know, people will be coming off an injury and they still have a race and they want to do it. And that's a, that's a pretty good way I found to kind of get people ready to still get out there and finish the race, even though, you know, maybe they can't like compete and and race it like they would want, but they can still finish it. For sure, man. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good call for the eating. Sometimes people are like, Oh, I've taken goose before my long run. It's like, (laughs) well, taking goose an hour and a half is going to for nine hours. So like, let's figure out like what's going to work when you're out there for yeah. the day. And, the, and that's why I found like the hike run, you know, hike run hike or just those long kind of easy days are the perfect place to figure out your nutrition. Like that's just, that's an awesome way to be like, okay, I can't do goose anymore. I got to do peanut butter and jellies or, you know, cliff bars or whatever the case is, something that's going to work for you on the training run that you know will work on, on race day. Sort of it, comes down, it comes down to like hard conversations that you have to have with people. Cause as a coach, you want to, 
you know, you really want to help them and you want to get them to your to their goals and you want to do everything you can for them. But the reality of it is when it comes to endurance sports is like there's only I don't care who you are and how many tests you do and what you do like there's there is a trial and error aspect to it and if you even if you have 6 months and you're training for a 50k above an hour and a half of like activity you're really just kind of making the best guesses you possibly can um yeah. even with the marathon like you're just doing you're doing what you think like and you and you're basing you know like we have what we have and it's great it's a great time to be in this sport where we can look at heart rate we can look at all these things but um you know there's certain things you just I'd hate to say it, but you just don't know until you get there and you're not going to have somebody try to do a certain like uh, practice of 50 K before they do their 50 K. So, you know, yeah. so I, th- I think that's one of the hardest things is to communicate is like, Hey, look, you know, ideally you'd give me like two or three years to coach you and we would get you to where, you, where, you know, to the best, but like, Oh no, but, but wait, you have, I'm going to give you 12 weeks and I want to do the marathon. And the yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah. um and i love that time. i love that yeah. internet. like oh i want to do this like this is something i've always wanted to do but um you know you don't want to come across as like hey i'm trying to sell you like my bill of goods and it's not that it's just like this is this kind of where we're at you know um some of these yeah. these, these people have been doing it for <laughs> decades i think that's the biggest thing is you, like you said you got to just try to have those upfront conversations because if you get somebody who's like oh man this is just isn't going to work i mean it it's better to almost kind of weed that out at first versus yep. you're going to be constantly button heads. You're going to be, you know, why am I doing this? I want to go. And like, and that's where it just, it kind of undervalues, you know, what you're trying to do for them, but they maybe don't get it until they get hurt. And then they kind of will start to get it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, they first, yeah. are they first at race attempt at a race and be like, Holy shit. That was not what I was expecting. I, <laughs> I, I now know. I should start now for my race next year. For um, sure. Cool. For that's sure. awesome insight. Um, so I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. You know, the daddy's got to get to bed. But um, Luke, what's what's up with you next, man? The season's been going like pretty well, I'd say for you. Like the the, the Spartan stuff. Did you did you see where you ended up? You Luke only ran four of the five races yes. because of a Spartan race um, decided to make one of the races Alabama on my wife's birthday and turns out selling her on a weekend in Alabama was not possible so. Mo- Mobile for what part <laughs> of Alabama Mo- Mobile Mobile oh I've been to Mobile they had a they had the USATF uh, cross country championships there yeah, there Are you go back in the back that's actually John and I's birthday uh, weekend as well that it was on March. The race is March sixteenth. Yeah, my birthday is seventeenth. John's the eighth. Wait, you're March seventeenth? Are you kidding? You're St. Patrick's Day. Hey, that's my wife's birthday. <laughs> no way, really? Yeah. <laughs> St. Patty's baby. So, yeah, so that's, so, that's, that's I celebrated. So my, that was that Sunday. I celebrated my birthday. I had lunch at a Chili's, and then I spent most of the day by myself in the airport. Wonder in, why Mobile. Like Mobile? Wonder why Mobile? Like that's. Uh, it was weird. That was uh, I had every intention to do all five. To hopefully, you know, challenge you for the the top ten there. The ten spot. Did you end up in the ten spot? Yeah, I did. Nice, nice. I kind of backed my way into it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it. I think uh, when I I checked before Utah, and I think I was sitting twenty fourth. So 
I think had I done like I probably should have done in Utah, I would have jumped a few places, but I'm, I'm somewhere in the twenties. I don't, I don't know. I, once I, once I missed Alabama and then tweaked my hammy and like jogged big bear, I knew like I, my series was pretty much toast. So did you, did you ever give your spear to somebody? That's what I, I need to... Your spear to somebody? What do you mean? <laughs> did you catch that? Like, uh, the race in big bear actually. Every, oh, every, yeah, you every podcast I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get that in there. No, it's the only like, race. Uh, it's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story. It's great, it's great. The only race I got chicked at was uh, was Big Bear because uh, yeah, I mean I was just out for like a joy ride. I was just happy to finish Big Bear. So we'll have to double check that because the way Nicole ran at Jacksonville, I no, yeah, Nicole definitely beat you in Jacksonville because we let you, we told you about it. I think several times throughout that. Day. I mean, chicked as like passed in the race. That's oh, in, what the I, race. in the race. Oh, okay. In the race. So is, is yeah, Nicole, yeah, yeah. You guys are talking about Nicole like she's Madonna. Is yeah, she like Nicole, the, is Nicole she Miracle. Like the, there's there's one. The, she like Lindsay the, and Nicole are like one and two. They're like yeah, yeah Lindsay and Nicole. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jacksonville was, you know, I, I felt great. I was like coming off a great training block into Jacksonville, but, uh, you know, was right in, it missed the spear. I mean, once, missed you spear, know, man. you missed the spear, I was, I think, right there, like near, like top 10. And then mm-hmm. once I missed the spear, I was kind of in no man's land that race, just trying to, like, okay, I don't know if I'm making up ground, losing ground. I'm just going to try to hammer and salvage this race. Um, Isn't that typically towards the end? Isn't it was like towards the end. No, that one rate. That one was like up? that one was yeah. early. Yeah, that one was kind of early. So the that was a big. Break. That was a big downer for me. Yeah. Um, and then Seattle was, I guess, my breakout race. That was my uh, race where everything everything clicked. I wasn't injured. I hit the spear. The elements seemed to take a toll on a lot of people, and I was able to kind of just manage the elements. Um, you were first. Uh, were you first 40, year, 40 plus that day? I was because Woodsy yeah. ended up, uh, he had his hammy issues. Yeah, yeah. So I was first uh, 40 year old. I think I was ninth in Seattle. So yeah. uh, then missed Mobile and then Big Bear was a, a cakewalk and then was doing pretty well. I think I was, I was ready. I was poised and ready to go at the top of that climb in Utah. I was right where I wanted to be. I probably wasn't climbing as great as I would have hoped. I think that might have been altitude a little bit. I felt like my training, my climbing was a little bit more steady and consistent. Um, but I was I was totally happy with having the guys, you know, that you see on the podium a lot in these races, like right in my sights at the top of the climb. Um, and then was ready to just start doing work. I feel like I'm a pretty strong downhill runner and I uh, was ready to roll. And then... Literally the only time I took my eyes off the ground is when I busted my ankle. Like not even on a technical section. It was a total rookie schmo mistake, and you know, it's just but, uh, not. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a bummer. That's racing. You could have been top ten that race for sure. What uh, what's what's next then? So you're gonna do West Virginia. So next for me is my big, uh, my A race, my two A races of the year just happened to be six days apart, which is awesome. Uh, so Squamish 50K is, right. uh, is a big race, uh, big 50K up in Squamish, British Columbia. Wow. Uh, I'm going up there as part of a bachelor party, so that'll be, that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully we won't 
get too hammered before the race. Yeah, what's the, uh, what's the uh, elevation gain on uh, a race like it's that? It's monstrous. It's uh, but yeah, I love I it. It's it's like it's right around. It's like eight or nine thousand feet of vert over a fifty k. So it's it's gonna be a quad just meat grinder. Those, uh, are, those are mountains out there too. That's gonna it, be. It's yeah, I'm really excited because that's tends to be where I I do the best in these like like you know that's like a, a pretty big ultra so I tend to do the best in the ones that uh, again because I'm not very fast like I hate to say that because I feel like a lot of people are like yeah you're uh, but I'm really like when it comes to like flat end like marathon speed. I'm very confident I have the slowest 5K or marathon time out of like probably the top like 30 elite guys on the on the Spartan uh, tour. So uh, where I tend to do my best work is where it turns into kind of it's to grind. So I'm really looking forward to this race. I plan to just throw caution to the wind and and go against my normal race strategy. I want to go there and, and try to podium that race. So that's going to be... And then uh, that's so that race is on Sunday, so I get even less recovery time. And then Saturday is uh, is West Virginia, so uh, and then I kind of wait and see. I'm gonna just kind of that's gonna be at least at this point. I'm gonna call my season as being at least paused, and then I'm gonna see how I feel motivation wise, how the wife feels, and then I may go do either Vermont or Dallas Ultra Beasts Ultra? and nice. then use those to qualify for the Spartan 24-hour out in uh, good old Sweden. So, you might have to do – did you check on that? Because Dallas might be after. No, Dallas is before. It's it before. I, I guess I'll I'll double-check to make sure that I that would count because I think it's like two or three weeks before, so it's getting close. Um, but I'm pretty sure last year it was the same, same setup. It was like – there was a, an ultra a couple weeks before because John Albin had to go do one. So, and it was like two weeks before the race. So yeah. I, I think as long as I do one, I should be able to qualify. And, I think and that's the go. weekend of March 17th. So you might yeah, have to, maybe you can get the Sweden. John, you want to go to Sweden for our birthday? <laughs> uh, all right, cool, man. So. John, anything else for Luke? Nothing else, John? Did, no man, John, this is this is great. Yeah, man. Like, is there any uh, any way uh, we could our our, our uh, millions of fans could stay in touch with you, um, whether it be social or anything like that? Like, it, I have, have one form of yeah. I guess my one form of social media. If you dare to follow me, which mostly I'm so like. I've been like a social media degenerate lately, where I don't even. I mean, I it go like weeks between posts because I just. I used to be all about it. I'd stop. I'd get like that picture, you know, like along the cliff and the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like, fuck, man, I'm running late. I got to get this run done. Yeah. Like, ah, I'll just recycle an old photo or I'll just take a picture of my watch. I don't care. <laughs> so uh, I think our followers, right? our followers only follow the like, like multiple shirtless posts. <laughs> Correct. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so as long as you can... <laughs> I'll take more sauna pictures. Uh, I'll promise more sauna and uh, pool pictures with my daughter. But it's Luke dot Sky dot Runner on Instagram if you if you want to follow. Me. I'm not actually doing Sky Run, but just... right. But it's on the radar. It's on the radar. Oh man. Well, yeah. But, but seriously, you are a good social media follow. Very engaging, and fun. So um, I appreciate I that. Recommend doing that. All right, guys. So. 
um, reach out to Luke and tell him how awesome of a job he's going to do. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Appreciate this, Rich. It was All awesome. Right. Take yeah. it easy there. Thanks, luck, guys. Bud. Yeah. Bye. All right. There you go. That was Luke Bosick, everybody. Again, super entertaining guy. Actually is a really good follow on Instagram. So hope you guys do check him out. And as always, I hope you check out reinforcedrunning.com. We do have some spots open for both obstacle course race athletes and runners who do want to get faster. So if you have a race in the next three to six months and really want to go after this and, and give it what you have, then you can check out the website or shoot us a message directly. It's rich at reinforcedrunning.com. Check us out on social, it's reinforced underscore running underscore rich, and you can get our free guide to how to run faster um, so you can kind of set up your own plan seeing some of the philosophies that we stand for and then you can give a little test ride and if you like what you saw from that then you can kind of take it and explore a little bit more again see what you have as an athlete inside of you to get that that's at <clears throat> reinforcedrunning.com backslash get faster all right cool guys well thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time